the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer. On WEEI.com. Podcast. The uh, Tom Brady officially joins Buccaneers podcast as we're recording this a couple of minutes after Brady gave his conference call uh, with the Tampa Bay media and New England media, national media. Uh, what were your takeaways from the call? That he's going to miss Karen Garigian. That was probably his most like definitive answer. There are really many definitive answers in that conference call. No. Um, and then you have to sort of dive through them and what you pick to believe or which he's just saying because he's polished Tom Brady and isn't going to go down a road that even alluded to like maybe after his career. Right. Be a little more honest or whatever. Um, but he took the high road, as expected. He handled himself well, focused, pulled a Mark McGuire. He wasn't here to talk about the past. He was focused on the opportunity and the future and the Bucks and, you know, all of those things. It was kind of a lot of non-answers. Bill Belichick would be proud. He spoke for, you know, the whole thing lasted over a half hour, and really there's no headline. There's no quote, there's no line or quote that stands out that he said in the entire time. No, I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, if you look, if you spin it, because we're looking at it from a certain Patriots perspective, but if you're a Bucks fan, you know, the way he talked about, you're going to get everything I've got, you're going to get the best I've got, no one cares what I did five years ago, it's what I do now for this team, and I'm going to do everything I can to help this organization, and the challenge, like, if you focus on it from a Bucks perspective, I think you can get excited, like, you could yeah. put together a nice, you know, PR campaign based on everybody everybody in New England knows that that's what he's been for 20 years that's no surprise there are no surprises in that call um no like I thought he he answered every question the way that he answers every question here he talks for a while but says very little right and that's what in my like I posted a column um and I even said like I could see him with his trademark smile like right like that you know how he he told Garop, remember Garoppolo ratted him out yeah, and said that that's how he yeah yeah always smile like one of his advice pieces of advice he gave Garoppolo was always smile and right. I could see Brady yeah yeah no it was emotional but really I'm just focused with like that fake smirk on his face and right and somebody slapped we, and said Tom you're you no know, they can't see you it's like right you don't need to do that right now you're wasting muscles <laughs> um so yeah it was I mean you could I, I would say the most interesting part or or Certainly, from Bucks' perspective, like the genuine excitement in Bruce Arians, oh yeah, uh, voice, like his comments. He didn't talk much, but no. there's a genuine excitement there of what, and he even really focused on the leadership. We need the leadership that Brady's going to bring to the building. Which, again, if I'm a Bucks perspective, is that a shot at Jameis Winston just because he's a young guy? Didn't bring the leadership because, you know, most people have focused on the Winston Brady swap as just he'll cut down on the turnovers. He's not going to turn it over thirty plus times, but. You know, Arians, I thought, focused on the leadership that Brady's going to bring to the Bucks, And, um, yeah, I guess that was it from their perspective. Do you feel – I mean, Brady was given the chance to sort of not crap all over the Patriots, but he was given the chance to sort of take a shot at them for not giving him a higher offer or taking a shot at Robert Kraft for his comment about it was Brady's decision to leave. And that's just not who he is, I guess. Like, he's never really done that in the past. So, I guess, why should we have expected anything different? Right. But- he doesn't do it publicly. He'll do it privately. There'll be whispers of it. There might be leaks of it. I thought that was the answer that he was closest to even going in that direction, talking about 
I can't speak for other. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't happy with it. I thought there was a hint of um, displeasure. It was sort of like, remember when he was mad at Robert when AB came and Robert told the the house thing that he he told Al Michaels that he was staying at his house. Right. He clearly, he's been annoyed over the years. Like you can take it back to his own father. He gets annoyed that others can't do what he does, either keep their mouth shut or at least not say the wrong things. And he clearly has been annoyed by Robert over the last year plus some of the things that he's said, but he's never going to say, you know, that was an embarrassment. I gave that guy my heart and I was being a jackass. Like he's never going to say that. Right. I mean, what did he say? There's no bigger fan of the New England Patriots than him. Than me. Well, if you're a big fan of the Patriots, you might have wanted to consider re-signing Tom. Right. And he said they're a first-class organization and I wanted to leave in a first-class way. Like that's typical Tom taking the high road and sort of making himself out to be the the hero and all this. Right. Which that's basically what I wrote on the column. Like if he's not mad, then why are we going to spend time being mad? Might as well move on. Do you think deep down he is mad? Um, I don't know because I do think there's a genuine um, excitement, like rejuvenation in a way. Unknown excitement. Like, okay, this is stupid and people will mock this and they probably should, but Look at me. Like, I was very comfortable at Patriots Football Weekly and Patriots.com for 20 years. But it was time. Like, there was time for a new challenge, just different coworkers, change of scenery, fall into a rut, whatever you want to call it. So, on a much, 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 I want to emphasize much larger scale. I can already do it right now. Andy Hart, Colin, I am like Tom Brady. Yeah. And everybody can go screw themselves who does that. But, um like everybody goes through that. Sometimes it's just time to move on, a new challenge, new opportunity. And he has that. And I do think, unlike me, like I wasn't really pissed off when I left. I think he was upset. And But no one leaves if you're not, if there's not some reason, right? You don't move on to a new job. It's either so month. Who, who, is, who is Bill Belichick in your scenario? So Bill Belichick in my scenario. That was probably, uh, we don't need to go there. Okay, all right, all right. We probably don't need to go down that road. All right. My Fred Fred Kirsch would be my Robert Kraft. All right. He likes me, but he really didn't do a whole hell of a lot to make sure I stayed. (laughs) And then had some fake uh, ads in the newspapers when you left? Right, yeah, so I I will say that. But, okay, what do we got? So Tom Brady's gone. Are we moving on? Well, I I don't want to go back to the the timeline. I know it's a weird timeline because, as he mentioned, who knows, you know, you're going to lean on technology maybe to learn the offense and blah, blah, blah. No one knows when OTAs – I mocked him for this. Like, oh, I'm Tom Brady. I'm going to go to OTAs now. Yeah, you're promising to go to something that's not going to happen. You don't have to go. No one's going to go. But what do you think, like, the – the process is like you know the report out of tampa was oh he asked for everybody's phone number so he could call them is that the first step is he literally going to sit down and call 70 players and be like hey it's no but i think he's gonna call he already said didn't he say he already talked to uh chris godwin yes i believe so he like i think he he didn't say about the number he ignored that part of the question yep did a lot of that not not actually answering specific questions um bill would be proud he will probably reach out to like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, other. He said he's spoken with Leftwich twice already, or a couple yep, times. Yep. Um, um, he, but like, he's he not going to talk about studying the offense over the years and the success it's had. And yeah, he said like I'm, I watch film a lot. Like I'm into that stuff. So like, 
Will he break down the film? Yeah, probably. Like, we watch a lot of Bucks games, sure. But, what, like, I know people oppose the idea, but, like, bringing in Godwin in the Evans to Montana, that field he has in, in Montana or Wyoming. Is it Montana or Wyoming? Montana, Yellowstone, yeah. Montana. Um, I could see that. Even, but even that is, like, theoretically not adhering to but, the guidelines of social distancing. But he didn't do that in the past till like the summer, right? Wasn't that more like a July thing? Um, like I thought that was like around the fourth of July. Probably. Well, it's probably still kind of cold there now. Up on right. top of a mountain in Montana, it might be chilly. Right. I bet the timeline is him right now is probably getting used to the Tim Bay offense, watching films, seeing how they do things, getting the playbook in his hand, seeing you know how that looks. And then once he gets a better understanding of that, that's when he starts to call Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and Cameron Brady. And I guess if you wanted to do it, I mean, they're so rich. They could have literally a 1,000 footballs in a box, all fresh footballs, and they can all run their routes without touching each other, being six or eight feet apart. And so I guess if they wanted to, they could technically do it. They don't have to come in the house. They could stay at a guest house or – Right. Yeah, Tom, they could Tom, do it. Tom could arrange his private plane to go pick them all up wherever they are and fly somewhere secluded, Yellowstone maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear of that in a, you know, a month or two. And he was, he was kind of vague when he was asked about those things, the timeline and OTAs and unknown. Look, I think he, does, he, he doesn't know, though. We, no one knows. Well, not only does he not know, I think he wanted to be careful um, to not like fixate on that like it mattered more than – you know, hospitals are running out of ventilators. Hospitals are running out of, right. like, that's a, uh, a a small problem in the grand scheme of things, and he didn't want to, like, talk about that too much. Speaking of that, did you have an issue with his Instagram post last night where he basically made, like, TB12 into, like, steps to beat coronavirus? I mean, he's done it nonstop for, like, two weeks. I know. He did it last week with the pitching of the electrolytes, and then last night, yeah. TB12 tips. Yeah, he's had all these Instagram stories that are basically selling – immunity improvement or health improvement and in capitalizing on on what's going on with coronavirus and capitalizing on people's insecurities now i also think it's interesting in that i i talked about this on the radio last night what percentage of i call it a tupperware party that he's led for years with the tb12 brand where he's leaned on patriots fans as his main customers what percentage of his business is going to drop because patriots fans are like no, you're not my quarterback anymore. I'm not spending all that money on that extra uh, stuff I charge. 25%. So you think he still has 75% he keeps? Yeah. You, Maybe. What did you say? I think it could be a little bigger than that. I think there because you're everything you buy from him is more expensive than it needs to be. You could buy it elsewhere for the same. But like my product. thing is if, if you're if you're already going to TB12 and working out and doing all that, you're gonna stop just because he's gone. Like, so that'd be like you going to a gym and the and like someone changes, you're just going to leave that gym? No, um, you're right. I, I wasn't talking as much about the workouts as I was the supplements and the bands and the branded merchandise that people order. I see. Yeah, I think the, the actual tried and true customers that are going to the facilities will probably stay because they like it and they like the style of workouts and what right. they're accomplishing, all that. I was talking more about bags of nuts and whey protein and the things that are. That over will probably the- drop. Yes. Yeah, I think that. But now he'll gain some in Tampa because there's. Well, yeah, like I was going to say, like, if he puts out on Instagram, buy this. The people in New England that would buy it are definitely going to drop. But then the boost in Tampa 
But then right. your market in Boston is obviously bigger than it is in Tampa. Like that, that's more right. of like an older, you know, retiree type place. Right. But you also have that people down there will want to be sort of the first adopters. Like I saw he had a t-shirt that was TD12 Tampa, the colors, yeah. different things. There'll be a lot of people that want to be the first to have those, the first to be like right. in the Tom Brady world. So I don't, it was just something I kind of thought of, but Tom Brady's a buck. He can go buck himself. Are you, uh, are you like sad that he's gone in a way or like, are you looking forward to a team without Tom Brady and looking forward to not having to like monitor his every move? Like the last couple of years, it's literally been like, you know, he posts on Instagram, he's in Montana that like that you have to write about it. Right. Um, yeah, I won't miss that. And certainly there's a, a unique opportunity for an interesting season because it's a whole new world. You know, I saw um, Armandel Salguero from uh, Miami yep, and formerly of ESPN. I don't know if he works for them anymore. Miami Herald now, I think. Yeah, he's Beach Miami Road. Herald, yep. Okay, Miami Herald saying like, welcome to my world, wondering who the quarterback is. Like that's the world he's lived in forever. And Greg Bedard from Boston Sports Channel sort of chimed in like, and they were just joking about, Oh, John Beck is a second round pick. He's going to be the quarter. Like all that's the world they're in. And that's not good for Patriots fans, but from a media perspective, it offers up different storylines and, and things you're focused on than you've focused on for the last 20 years. It's like just I was just thinking year. from, from a training camp perspective next year, there's going to be every single day. How is Brian Hoyer? How is Jared Sidham? Like who had a yep. good day? Who had a bad day? What's been there? How are they growing? Who are they working with? Like that's going to be something that we haven't seen in years. Like there was obviously excitement with Garoppolo, but everybody knew Brady was going to be the starter. So now it's like a legit competition and tracking and stuff. Like that's going to matter more than it has in 20 years. Well, 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. Because the transition, the, the transition from Brady, from Bell, uh, Bledsoe to Brady was not this tight. It was not speculated, talked about. It was literally impact of Mo Lewis, injury, Bledsoe almost dies, Brady's in, and then right. you lived it for a little bit there. Other than that, it, you know, this is a whole new – oh, yeah. I look forward to reading Jeff Howe's stats on the quarterbacks from uh, training camp because I won't be keeping them. I'll just be observing and eyeball testing. But You'll um, probably be uh, up in the, the – uh, what do you – whatchamacallit, the 300 level doing radio. Oh, that's true. Watching from afar and making – uh, dramatic assessments based on one drill or one throw. Right. Um, it, I mean, it's going to put ev – like, everything is different in the spotlight. Like, when we talk to Josh McDaniels, that will be different now yep. because it's not developing Stidham or working – with it. it's who's the starter? How, where are these decisions going? Like, how, there's, there's just this whole new world um, that we're not – that we're not used to. And, again, I don't think it's good for Patriots fans and winning records and things of that nature, but – it's, it's an interesting change of storylines and media coverage and business and, and all that. And expectations need to change, too, because they're not going to be a lot to get to the AFC telegame anymore. Right? They, like, I think fans are going to have to sort of take a step back this year and just be happy with, you know, winning games and turnover-free football. And, like, it's going to be a, a reality check that they're now like the rest of the NFL. They, you, you should and will appreciate games more. I personally have always said, I, you know, you, you do your analysis even in September based upon January and February. Like that's the right. goal. That's the end game. Now that's not the same. Now the analysis is 
September 20, whatever, if you beat a good football team, that's a big day, a great win, a big story. doesn't matter what you think long-term because right. it's a more here and now reality. You live week to week and every game matters more. It's not about, oh, you know, September's an extension of the preseason and the most important football is after November and, you know, after right. Thanksgiving. No, no, no. The most important football is the three hours you play today. Right. Because getting a win. Yep. every one of those is going to matter. You know, I saw – I think I saw some of the early numbers. It's nine wins is the that's, Vegas over-under. Yeah. Um, it's a good number. If you made me take a number right now, I'm taking the under. I think they're like an eight and eight type team, maybe less. I'm giving Belichick the benefit of the doubt because I don't think the I think there's a lot of questions in terms of talent and roster. And you know, I saw somebody on Twitter responded to a tweet like, "Oh, it's a different world." You know, they're just Stidham will manage it. They're going to be a run first defense team. Can they run? I don't know that they can run. And they play defense. They lost. So they lost the whole boogeyman. Exactly. So. Um, you know, those types of things, like when we get back to reality, assuming we get back to reality, but like, you know, top 10 questions facing Patriots in training camp, those matter now because they're the difference between winning and losing on whereas it used to be, or like Patriots MVP, like other than Tom Brady was how you would do that category. I did it for years at Patriots football. Like you just assume Brady's the MVP and right. then who's the second candidate for that award. Well, that's gone. Now you're really looking. Well, now who who's the most important player? Now it's not Tom. It's not. It was always besides Tom Brady. Now it's you know. Well, now it's the quarterback still because if you fall in your face. Um, let's get I mean, into that. So the, the Patriots have Stidham. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna evolve the podcast. Stidham, Brian Hoyer, Cody Kessler. The bridge. Maybe. maybe some, the bridge. Uh, okay, sure. Maybe somebody yeah. else. Maybe somebody else. Do you, are you um like if you if you knew that Brady was leaving, would you be okay with this being the plan? Um, you have to be okay with it. Like, what what are the other options? I don't okay. because I'm, people literally thought they're gonna get Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton. Like, no, no, those no, were no. never well, possibilities. You still have hat in hand guy that runs out of jobs and says, "Yes, I'll go to New England for seven million dollars or whatever." But um. I, I don't know if you listened to Adam Schefter talking about Hoyer and then Stidham in the quarterback situation. He's like, you know, the Patriots for right now feel really good about their quarterback depth chart. And, you know, they could add a rookie, but, and I'm like, they do? How could they possibly feel really good about it? Like, right. you don't know you anything know? about Stidham and Hoyer's limited action last year. He sucked. Like, remember when Bill, they traded. Garoppolo and he said the you best know, quarterback situation in the league yep right okay that was real yep. you, you you had two starters you felt yep. you had two starting quarterbacks and you really had them not the old school cliche whereas if you have two you don't really have one now you might have two where you don't really have one you have Hoyer and Stidham and just because they're competitive for the job doesn't mean they're competitive they could both suck and you have to pick between sucky one and sucky two to start games come September now, if it comes down to that, though, it's probably Stidham just because he's the younger guy. Like, I guess, do you think there's a scenario where Bill gives Stidham more of a, like, favoritism because he's a, a second-year player and, like, that's better off for the long-term future? Or do you think it's Bill just going to flat-out pick the best guy for the job no matter who it is? Uh, I don't. I think it's an absolute debacle if Stidham doesn't start on opening day. Yep. It's a bad, bad, bad sign. Yep. Um, 
I think Brian Hoyer is here to answer the question that Bill brought up back in the day with the Colts, like being irresponsible with your depth chart. And Brian Hoyer is, if the wheels fall off, if, if Stidham is, so right now he's thrown one pick six in four career passes. Yep. If he continues at that ratio and in his first game throws about 24 passes and six interceptions for yep. touchdown, that's why Hoyer's here to pull the plug and say, we all need to take a breath. We need to put somebody out there who's not going to fall on his face. Because Hoyer's not good, right? We can agree oh. on that? Oh. Okay. But he I can would say he's up. Awful. What? I would say he's awful. Uh, yeah, he's not very good. But he knows um, the offense. I'll give him that. Right. Like, he can line up. You're not going to have three straight delay of games. You're not going right. to have, um, you know, receivers that he doesn't know where they're supposed to line up. Like, right. right. those types. And that's why I think Hoyer's here. I don't believe that as his agent thinks and Hoyer took the job because he's competing for a start. I don't believe that. I don't believe Bill, he's Bill did a hell of a job selling him on that. If that's true. Correct. Um, yeah. I just, that would be a terror. I, then I would really say, what the hell are you doing? You're starting a season with Hoyer. Well, like, wh- but what if they feel like Stidham isn't ready for week one, but could be for week four. How is that? A, how is that possible? It's, he hasn't played a single game yet. Of course it's possible. Well, if he sucks that bad, then he's still going to suck in week four. I'm not saying he sucks. Maybe it's, it's a, the termination of the offense. Like, he's not fully on board with the terminology and where guys are supposed to line up. Like, no, no, no. You can't sell me on any of that. You cannot sell me on any of that. I can write the column now. If Brian Hoyer's the opening day starter, it is horrific for the short and long-term f- – well, Maybe not horrific, because then if he sucks, you could get the number one pick and you get Trevor right. Lawrence and Justin Fields, whatever. Right. But it's really bad. Even failure-wise, I'd rather Stidham failed so I know, okay, he's not the answer. He's not that good. He's not right. what – You, you know, see what you have in him. Right. Right. So you can evaluate where you're going. Yep. This is Hoyer's 14th season or something? Like He's been around a long time. Right. He, you, he is what he is. He's a journeyman backup at best. Journeyman yep. backup. He's probably just been staying around because he's kind of a smart guy and kind of knows how to do things. How much money has he made? He's a good story about money. It's he is. No, I know. Like in terms of what he's actually done and just the money yeah. he's made. Yeah. He's um, it's a good tale. It might be a blog entry. Why don't you do that? You can you can touch him. I'm I don't really get along well with Brian Hoyer. I don't, we don't vibe yeah, you with him. That. You really hate him, huh? Yeah. Like <laughs> Honestly, the last year, I thought Danny Etlin looked better at quarterback than Brian Hoyer did. Um, that's a little ridiculous, but Brian Hoyer is not very good. He throws some passes in training camp that I think the quarterback at Foxborough High School could complete better than he does. Well, I will say, you can't throw outside the numbers with him at all. No. Outs, no. comebacks, anything outside the numbers, don't do it. It's just no. a pick six waiting to happen. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you're leaning, and they don't have any tight ends, so he can't use the tight end as a security blanket. Nope. So if he's smart, he'll just make every throw to uh, Julian Edelman on a little option route or a little uh, slant or one of those and live to fight another day. So I guess we'll get Yeah, we did a nice uh, – that actually had a lot of traction, the, the Edelman – should the Patriots trade Julian Edelman? We did an off-day debate. Um, the votes were sort of 50-50, and even the replies were pretty much 50-50. So I think it's sort of a divide of whether fans want to – move like look toward the future and try to get something for him or there's still a fan base that wants to keep him around to remain competitive first of all i don't care if you're saying it actually got some traction that's 
really kind of a backhanded compliment right there. Yes. Why would, why would you be surprised about that? We put up good content. We had a good debate. We have lots of loyal readers and followers. Sorry. I apologize. Okay. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of lines being um, drawn in Patriot Nation these days between the obvious one of Belichick, Kraft, Brady, and sort of that divide and who ran who out of town. And if you're turning in your season tickets and you're rooting for the Bucks now and all that, and then rebuilding, not rebuilding, what's in the best interest of the football team. I guess if you're a Belichick guy, I mean, there's a lot of Belichick rump swabs out there that are like, and Bill, we trust, we'll be fine. Defense, we'll win. Yep. I think, I think those guys are in for a rude awakening. Um, but I also think there's a legitimate argument to be made on Edelman based on the mixed messages of guys like Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater and Joe Deron to Harmon, like Joe Tooney. Like what exactly is, as you said, there is no plan, but what is the plan and how do you, you know, fall in line with that plan? Edelman is, because I think Edelman can still play. I mean, he's on the oh, backside, yeah. but he can still play. He's coming off career high in targets, career high in yards. Um, and he was like non-existent the last four games because he was hurt. So, right. I mean, he got, I heard he was all oh, career high in, in drops. Yeah, because he couldn't lift his arms above his head. Yeah, and he was targeted like 10 times a game because Brady yeah. had no one else he could throw to. I, I, ha like, I don't love Julian Edelman. He's, there's sometimes he can be a real dink. But I don't know how you could not have respect for what he did last oh, year. Yes. Ultimate respect. Now, the question is, and we didn't really get into this in the debate as much, is there a chance – a year ago, Tom Brady, in my opinion, was a negative influence on the New England Patriots emotionally. Yep. He was not good for the locker room and the morale and everything. Is there a chance that Julian Edelman could be the same thing this year? Probably. Especially if they don't win and he's not getting the catches and yards that he thinks he should be getting. Right. So, I mean, I think you can make a strong argument that it would be, while it would be unfortunate to take away a hundred catch slot receiver from Jarrett Stidham, in the long-term interest of everyone involved, if he's not going to be happy, productive, valuable, trade him. And, you know, we had a, a response on Twitter that said, because everybody's like the Bucks. oh, send him with Brady. Why would Belichick make Brady's life easier and make the Bucks better? I don't think he would. It, it, no, it just, he wouldn't because it, it would make his, him, his decision look even worse to get rid of Brady. Right. So a better option that would fit into sort of all of our narratives from the last few years is he trades him to San Francisco, to Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan, NFC Super Bowl team, you know, a team that has Wes Welker as their wide receivers coach to coach mm -hmm. him up, the original slot guy. And so that would be a fun trade, and maybe they give you – Maybe they give you more than another team would give you just because of the favor that they did before. Yep. Would pro quo on the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Maybe now if the going rate's a five, maybe they give you a three or something. Right. And Edelman, he's not going to get a lot. He's a 30, whatever, three, 34 right. year old receiver still under right. contract. Under contract. His cap number for the Patriots is 9 million this year. Did um, I read? So if he gets traded after June 1st, it's whatever, it's 7 million against, if you save 7 million as opposed to like four, if you trade him now. Well, you'd have his salary and half of it. I think his salary is like three and change, so six and another three. Yeah, you could probably get it up around seven if you divvied the caps over the next two years as a June one. Um, but I do think that, like, for him, he's a Bay Area guy. He, yep. He'd get to play with Garoppolo. He'd get to have he's a good offense. Like gonna, yep. And, I mean, he's going to play with Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Like, they're, 
he, he can just sort of slide right into the role he's comfortable in. It would help him. He wouldn't be the focus on every, you know, every game. He wouldn't take as big of a beating. Right. So I think you can make a strong argument. That would be a really nice fit. I also, I don't think, you know, people would be like, screw it. Send him to Cincinnati. Forever. Yeah, Cincinnati or Jacksonville or some like lowly place. I don't know that Bill would want to do that. I think he respects him. And, and like I we said, he would make sure it was a place that he agreed to as well. Like there would be, be, right. be conversations had. Right. Like, like uh, I also think like, I don't think Bill just traded Dron Harmon to the Lions. I think that he took into account where Dron Harmon would succeed and would be happy as well. Right. Could be used system, everything, trust yeah. the coach. Although to be fair in a year when Matt Patricia's out of work, who knows how that'll, uh, play out um but I do I think that is interesting not just the finances and not just the on-field Julian Edelman what does he have left in the tank but also like his value to this team and his happiness and his attitude and but you also very emotional guy yeah I could totally see it being like Brady where if Edelman runs a a slant over the middle and Sidham throws it 10 feet behind him he's gonna sort of show his emotion and not be happy Right. Or if, you know, Stidham throws a, a hospital ball and he gets lit up, he might be upset. Whereas if Brady had done it, well, that's Tom. I can't say anything to Tom because right. that's my guy, Tom. Like, I'm afraid of Tom, whatever. So I think there will be a lot to watch there, how happy Julian Edelman is into the summer and into the season. Assuming well, he everything you do here, though, he's good with the younger guys. Like, this last year he supposedly worked with Harry and Myers and Gunner and tried to, you know, get them caught up to speed. And he seemed like a good team guy last year will that change when Brady's gone maybe maybe yeah I mean those are the questions like everybody says stuff last year five years ago 10 Brady was here for all you know like we don't know like everything's different now that Brady's gone um and I don't want to necessarily just say definitively Julian Edelman will sulk this year and be a problem I don't that's not fair to him but I do think it's a possibility I would sulk I can tell you I would sulk 100% right Right? Like, I'm looking at the end of my career. We could suck. I'm breaking in a, a first-time starting quarterback. You know, Tom's having fun elsewhere. Maybe I'd be better off elsewhere. And like I'm getting I would, killed every week. I probably have, you know, dealing with a shoulder, a knee. And I got a head growing out of my shoulder like I right. did last year. So I would sulk. No doubt in my mind I'd sulk. The other moves that they've made, I guess we should touch. Steven Gutskowski was released on uh, Monday. I'm not, I wasn't surprised by that. I think that that was already coming and they saved some money and they had to get younger at the position sometime, and so why not do it now? Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. At the very least, I thought he was going to have competition and be fighting for his job in August. Um, they just decided to do it now, and now do you bring a veteran like Folk back? Do you bring in uh, Blankenship? Everybody's all excited, the the spec-wearing kid Georgia from Georgia. Kicker. Yeah. Um, do you go young like you did when you went from Vinatieri to Gostowski, draft pick? Um, but it, it certainly – it was a hole and a question already. Now it's a bigger hole and a bigger question, right? Like, like it was, it's number two in my list of needs right now because you don't have anybody. Wow. You got a big board of needs? Yeah, I wrote it today. Five biggest needs for the Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I read that. Well, I did. What do you think was number one? Tight end? Oh, obviously. That was the biggest need going into free agency, and they've done nothing since. And the number of available tight ends are, is not great right now on the free agent market, like at all. No. There's no so, free agents. It's a bad draft class. You're not going to get a great tight end. I mean, if you do, you're getting really – like if Troutman or like the one of the two or three or good if, ones. Or if like Tyler Eifert is healthy and performs to what he's capable of, like something like that. Like you have to get really right. lucky. Yeah, it's 
unless you trade Edelman for one of their tight ends. Okay. Tampa Bay has two tight ends, Brait and uh, O.J. Howard. Yeah, but if I trade Edelman, who's going to look better there? Probably the Bucks. True, true. I wouldn't want um, to give them. The other moves, I guess, the, like the linebackers, they lost Collins, Van Noy, and Alain Roberts. And that leaves you with just Hightower and Juwan Bentley as the true, only true linebackers on the roster. Was that, that your third need? Yeah. Figured. Good job. Seems like, sounds like you did a good job on this story. People should read it. What, who else, what else would you have as four and five then? Um, well, it depends on Tooney. Yeah, we're seeing IDI. I didn't have one on the list, but I had a star at the bottom and said offensive line jumps up this list if Tooney leaves. Yeah, because I, I don't – Ted Karras is gone. You've lost your yeah. starting center from last year. David Andrews, to me, is still a question mark, although he seems very happy and active on uh, social media lately. He does. He does. He, uh, he certainly can do push-ups. I saw him do the push-up challenge or whatever well, on uh, Instagram. And Karras left. I think Karras kind of – like, if he knew he was going to be the starter, I think he would have stayed. Right. Um, so, but the interior line, certainly there's a starting slash depth issues there if Tooney leaves. And in some ways, if Tooney doesn't. Now, they have – we should remind everybody, um, Froholt and yep. Juiced. Yep. So, if they hit on those draft picks – it's not as big a deal, but those are total unknowns. They didn't do anything last year. So I, I can't really comment on whether those yep. guys are ready to, they, it wouldn't stun me if they both started, wouldn't stun me if they were both cut. Yep. So that's a question mark. I had uh, number four was defensive line like that. They got away with that last year and they only added Bo Allen. So I think you need another guy there and you also have to kind of get younger there too. You're relying on a lot of older guys. Well, certainly I, I may be the biggest Lawrence Guy fan on the planet. I think he's been like a team MVP for a couple of years, underrated player, whatever you want to call it. And at some point, he's not going to be. You're, he can't play every snap, right. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I don't – I mean, Bo Allen, some people out of Tampa rave about him and what he's going to be. We'll see. I mean, we've had guys come through. Who was the guy last year? Who was the defensive lineman we signed last year? Mike oh. Pernell. Mike Pinnell, pro football focus. He, he's the best run stuffer in football. Oh, my God, the Patriots got so good. Uh, and they cut. He was cut after the third preseason game. Right. So, you know, these sort of third-tier defensive linemen just saying, you know, you know how they're going to fit or how good they're going to be as additions. Maybe Bo Allen will be really good. Maybe he's like the Lawrence guy. Maybe I'll be saying, wow, that's great veteran value on free agency. Or maybe he's Mike Pinnell and he's cut or doesn't play. My last one was wide receiver. Wide receiver, well, yes and no. Right. Um, it's, yeah. you, you, I, to me, you need another veteran piece, a guy that you can depend on. Yes. And I don't know who that guy is, but you need, you need somebody that you can count on to be the number two, number three wide receiver. You've been watching Philip Dorsett's workouts on Instagram? I was going to say, he's still available. He could still be coming back to New England for a million dollars, so he has no other choice. What happened to the five teams that were interested? If I hadn't watched him play football, if I only watched him work out and do media interviews, I would love him. It's the problem when he has to go on the field and make catches and be relied upon as a weapon that it all falls apart. But I will say, if if he's still available in June, I'd I'd bring him back for a million dollars. Um. Yeah, you can do much worse. And you know, I think there's a- he'd be a good locker room guy. He'd probably work with the rookie. He'd be a good guy yep. to have around. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that move at all. Um, 
But you have so many questions with how old does Edelman look and how young do Harry and Myers look? Here's it's my other question. question. Are you nervous of, if they were to draft a receiver and have so many young receivers? Because this draft class is said to be historic, but do they already have too many younger receivers to work with? Um, no. I, if, if you are on the clock and there's a great talent available, you got to take him. You know, I'm, I go to the Dave Gettleman school, like talent. If, yep. you, if great players available, take him, figure out a way or move on from somebody who you thought was good, but isn't as good as, you know, I mean, Jacoby Myers was a nice little story, but who knows? Right. And maybe Nikhil Harry just flat out stinks and you have to move on from him quickly, like Duke Dawson, yep. right? Who sure. knows? If there's a receiver on the board that you say is really good and receivers are going to matter more now than ever, being able to get open, physical, you know, catch and run plays, you're going to need big plays, you're going to need guys to win one-on-one -on -one battles because the quarterback position is such a question. Yeah, if you get if somebody falls in your lap, Judy or somebody for whatever reason, you absolutely have to pounce. And I would say the same thing later. If it's like, you know, late in the second round and you're looking at a guy that you had as a late first round pick or whatever, okay, trade up, go get him. Right. If it's the right move, add talent. What are your thoughts uh draft-wise? Any uh I know you've been big, you're a big draft guy and get some thoughts. What are your uh like right now, as it looks going into this post first round of free agency, what are your top needs in the draft for the Patriots, especially with that first pick, number 23? Um, well, I like the safeties that everybody's talking about, but. But do they need them now? Like they've already added two safeties. Really? But it would fall under if you can get a great player. Like I've said, just looking at the mocks, like um, Delpin or now Queen, the linebacker out of LSU has been mocked a little bit. Yep. You know, if you get an elite athlete but you can I, sell yourself on a linebacker more than a safety but can i because yeah, if patrick chung is dead and i didn't he was banged up a lot last year yeah and didn't play as well and yep. i'm not sold that phillips is just a plug-and-play replacement and devin mccourty is aging like that could be a huge need as of next year right very quickly wouldn't yep. be a surprise yep. so if he, if you think one of those guys is great, take him. If you think definitely Queen at linebacker. If you think he's a, you know, run around, athletic, make plays, linebacker, speed, everything that. Was there another does. linebacker from Iowa or Wisconsin that's been mocked? Wisconsin, um, the Wisconsin kid. I'm drawing a blank on which. By the way, I like the Orr kid out of Wisconsin okay. as a late round guy. Like I would take him in a, every game I ever watched. He was a stud. Um, but, yeah, the, the kid out of Wisconsin, linebacker, um, certainly offensive line is, is a need potentially. Now, you're not going to go guard at 23. Nope. Interior line at 23. You're going to get that later. Um, defensive line, certainly there are going to be tackle and pass rusher, edge-type guys. I've done that before. And hit uh, up yeah. So, I mean, it also – the picks and the fact that you're going to go from 23 and then skip the second – how do you sort of map out needs? And I know they're not, oh, no, you're not going to take a need, so you don't have to check off every position you need. But you do need to sort of check off positions that you need on some level. And they continue to just, uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to get into this. Okay. For years, everybody talked about the idea that, you know, Bill took advantage of having Tom and like, oh, he doesn't do anything in free agency. All he does is sign special teamers, this and that. Well, now he doesn't have Tom and – He's not doing anything in free agency and all he's doing is signing special teamers. 
again, another example of Bill being consistent and doing what he thinks. Low money, versatility, well, blah, blah, blah. Fair, they didn't have any money to spend. Well, they had any money they wanted to spend. What do you mean? They spent it on Devin McCourty. They spent it on Joe Tooney. But those aren't they special have... teamers. Those are valuable commodities that'll help your oh, team. They... No, if they don't tag Tooney or they don't sign McCourty, they could go out and get anybody they wanted. They still could. They could redo deals and go get anybody they wanted. Yeah. He's doing the same thing he's always done. Correct? Yes, but I think that's going to change comes next offseason. I think, I think this is sort of a one-year retool. Next year they have one of the most – the higher cap space room in the entire league. I think it's sixth or seventh right now. And I know. I they're going to sign Deshaun Watson, right? I wasn't saying him, but I could see them loading up next offseason. Like, I think this is a one-year – like retool, kind of rebuild type thing. Hannibal, Patriots to load up in 2021. Well, because you're not that far off. Like if you you have your – from being competitive again, if you have money to spend to add impact. If your quarterback sucks, you are. But what if Stidham turns out to be a guy that you can build on? You don't know that. That's fine. What if he right. sucks? Then you use your money to buy, spend on a quarterback, Sean Watson. Um, I think this year may give people a false read you usually can't go out and get a franchise quarterback just easy in free agency. Like Deshaun Watson. Tell me again why he's leaving Houston. Issues with O'Brien, I guess. I don't know. Well, then Hal McNair or whatever the hell his name is needs to be fired as the owner. Right. If you let the coach run your two best players out of town and you totally rebuild, that's a you problem. That's a him problem. That's not a them problem. I, I just, I don't understand how this has taken off that somehow Deshaun Watson's going to be the quarterback. And Oh, by the way, they're going to be the only team interested? Even if he were to somehow leave Houston, why is he coming right. to New England? I never – don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say Deshaun Watson was coming to New England. Well, well you got them loading up in the most important position to load up on as quarterback. I'd rather they tank for Trevor or fail for Fields. Well, what, what, if, what if Stidham is like a, a Garoppolo, a, a, you know, a number 10 to 15 quarterback in the league? You can sort of count on him to be, you know, not – take care of the ball not blow up in your face and then add one of the better receivers next year one of the better tight ends like you're not that far off from being back to where you were maybe oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you're far off from being back to where you were you may not be far off from being back to being competitive no i There's think a difference you're, you're a you're long ways off from being the favorite to go to the super bowl or win the afc every okay year. not favorite but you're not that far off from being a top competitor to get back to the afc title game yeah, I think you and I would uh, agree to disagree on that one. You think they're that far off? Like, you think this is like a five-year rebuild? A, they're not that good right now. B, while you can talk about adding players, you lose players. Like, it's a double-edged sword. So, yeah. who, well, how long is Stefan Gilmore going to be the best corner in football for? Three years, four years? Because that usually isn't a very long window. Most okay. corners kind of peak and valley, and it's over. What so, about J.C. Jackson, if you believe in him? And do you? I have my doubts. I mean, to some, the point if – No, I know some do. Some think that Stidham's going to be the Patriots quarterback for the next 15 years, and he's God's gift to throw in the football. I have a better feeling about Stidham than you, I think. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to have an idea. I was impressed. I thought he did a nice job. That means nothing. I mean, that's just the reality. Like. To be an NFL starting top half of the league franchise quarterback 
is a long way from, oh, he looked pretty nice in the preseason, had but some good practice. If, if Belichick had some doubts on that, don't you think he would have added a bigger name? Like, no. the fact that he didn't, I think, shows that he has some faith in Stidham. Plus, where – I mean, if I'm not a believer in Nikhil Harry. Okay. So, where's my hope that Stidham's going to have a lot to work with? Are you talking this year or long-term? Both. Well, long-term, my plan would be to add a stud-wide receiver next offseason. Okay. I just – like, Brady always had – good weapons for the most part in his career. And I, I'm, I don't buy into the narrative that he's never had anything to work with. Even the last couple of years, he had, he had guys, mm. especially Edelman. He had either team hall of famers or pro football hall of famers or greatest of all times to throw yep. to. Yep. I don't know if, I mean, if we know that Edelman is petering out here. Yep. James White probably, you know. Got a couple of years. Yeah. But even he is a complimentary guy. He's not a, like, go-to right. guy. Like, there's no Gronk. There's no Moss. There, I wouldn't even say there's, a, like, a Dion Branch. Ooh, there, there's questions. But and those questions are that, answered. Like, there's still time. Like, what if, they draft, what if they draft a stud receiver in round one? Of course. Right. Okay. But – you, you understand that these what-ifs are sort of what Armando Saguero was talking about with the quarterback position. This is the new norm. This is the new reality. Because it used to be, what if, you know, they get this good player? What if they draft this good but, player? Okay, we're going to win the Super Bowl. If they don't, we lose in the AFC title game. Well, now the what if they get this really good player is, okay, we might make the playoffs. If you don't, then we stink. But the big difference here is, and this is, I'm not a big, pay, I'm not coming off as a homer, but the yeah. Patriots have Bill Belichick. The Dolphins have had Adam Gase. Ooh, Patriots have Bill Belichick. Ooh. But, like, do you have more confidence in Adam Gase or Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick? Right. Is that a trick? Right. So you can't basically judge everything on these other crap teams without acknowledging the Patriots have Belichick making these decisions that give you a better chance of them being right than these other teams that don't. Yeah, I also think there's something to be said for the mystique of the Patriots being altered now. And my former boss, Fred Kirsch, two mentions, one podcast, uh, was a big believer that like teams in the AFC East, the pressure the Patriots put on them, like their aura, having the Patriots in the division, trying to challenge the Patriots, chase the Patriots, oh, yeah. forced them into bad decisions. And they, they like freaked out and, you know, short-term decisions and going for the easy end. Well, now the Patriots are in the mix of that. They're in the mix of trying to, like, they don't have the aura. They, they are, they're Mike Tyson after he got knocked out. Doesn't mean he can't still win fights. Doesn't mean he's still not a powerful puncher. But he's no longer Mike Tyson. It's going to be over in 30 seconds. He's the most dangerous man on the planet. Nope, he lost. He lost. Buster Douglas took him down. It changed everything. And I think that's where the Patriots are. There's no saying that they can't have good fights, they can't win, that they can't challenge, they can't do any of those things, but the aura is gone. The aura is different now. Anything else you want to get to? Uh, lunch. Works for me. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Podcast, though. We banged out a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and we didn't even have to fixate on Tom Brady. How much how, – how, how is this going to work now, like transitioning away from Tom Brady as content? I think there's still going to be a lot of Tom Brady content. Like, 
but is it is it only like the tent pole like when we when they have OTAs whenever this changes we'll have to focus on that for a little bit or when they start training camp or his first preseason game and I'm still an advocate by the way of he coming to Gillette Stadium for a preseason game. I still think that's a good idea that the NFL, the Patriots, and the Bucks should make happen so fans can give him his round of applause and love him and adoration in a preseason game that's meaningless. I can't see that happening at all. Sorry. Why? Why? I don't think Bill wants it. Bill would oh, say absolutely Bill. not. Bill, true Bill. You know, the like, all the marketing crap that the Patriots would do for all that? Like, Bill would not want to have any part in that. No chance. But he has to look at the, you know, best interest of this football team short and long term. If you don't do it then, then Brady comes in 2021 for a regular season game and you have all the hoopla and all that. If you get it out of the way in a preseason game this year, maybe that game is a little easier to just be normal. Uh, not a bad thought, but I, I, no, I don't, I don't think he cares. I really don't. I think he's not going to, he's not going to want that circus that's going to come in August. That, that's just not worth it. Because then he's uh, probably going to do a joint practice, too. Would he want that? There'd be like three days of it. They threw him birthday parties during training camp last year. Imagine it would be this, like him coming back. Like, I don't think – it's opened up a big can of worms. What if you don't do the joint practice, you just do the game? I could, what, if it's, what if it's the fourth preseason game, so he, Brady may not even play? Well, then that disrupts his streak with the Giants. You got a lot of – answers for questions. a better option would be the first preseason game because usually they don't play it yeah but don't those isn't that usually a joint practice see that's why it doesn't add up i'm just saying you heard it here first okay brady's bucks should come to new england for a preseason game in august if we have preseason games that's another thing that's up in the air too Hopefully um, by i hope so for, for everybody's sake um follow us on twitter off day pod. Um, a lot of stuff coming up. Brady, Patriots team building. We're going to transition into the draft. Yeah. I was going to ask you, actually, are you a big fan of the seven round mock drafts for the, like, the um, for stupid fun? Sure. Okay. Not for any like practical purposes, but it's fun to like guys. Oh, you think this guy is, you know, a Patriot type player or might be, yeah. cause you know how Nick Casario always tells us, Oh, we have a really small board. We only have 100 players on the board, right. blah, blah, blah. So to just throw seven guys out there that you think are amongst those 100 players that they might have some interest in at some point in the draft, it's fun, especially with, um, what is it, the Draft Network has the – got to simulate, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fun. That's, I mean, for draft nicks, for people that are into this kind of stuff, in this world where you need distractions, Yes. sure. All right, so we'll look- have some fun. Look for those in the coming days and weeks and yes. less than a month. Uh, a lot yes. of draft stuff. That's sort of the next transition with the Patriots. Um, yep, because we're done with Brady. He's a buck. We're moving on. Yep. Uh, Patriots go fuck himself. Draft specific, specific podcasts will probably be starting soon. Yes, we're going to start with quarterbacks and my love affair with Eason. Okay. That's something to look forward to probably next week, I guess. Probably. Sure, next week, and then we'll move on to running backs. I have a a running back that not a big name necessarily, not the highest prospect that I am madly in love with. All right, I gotta go do some. I have to go do some catching up on these drafts prospects. Catch up to your uh, high level of knowledge. Okay, and I'm gonna keep going because I'm gonna turn to the defensive side of the ball now. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, 
hope everybody's healthy out there and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.